You're listening to Comedy Central. November 14, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. joined by billionaire businessman and owner of the L.A. Clippers, Steve Ballmer is here, everybody. And then, you know and love him from Curb Your Enthusiasm, and now he's got a brand-new Netflix special. Jeff Garland is on the show! Also, on tonight's episode, Bernie Sanders gets a makeover, how to make impeachment sexy, and why Santa Claus has no time for your broke ass. So let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's kick it off with the presidential race. This morning, former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick announced he is entering the Democratic primary. And can I just say, Democrats, what the f are you doing? <laughs> you don't have to keep replenishing the stock when the candidates drop out. <laughs> this is an election, not sustainable fishing. There's too many people. It's nothing personal, Governor, but there are already too many candidates in this race. Just look at all those faces, huh? Look at all of those faces. So thank you for throwing your hat in the ring. Now pick it back up and get the f out of here, man. There's too many people. We don't need more Democratic candidates. What we do need is more of Bernie Sanders living his best life. Since his heart attack last month, Senator Bernie Sanders says he's living a totally different campaign lifestyle, changing his diet, his workout routine, and even his wardrobe. Sanders, who used to frequent Outback Steakhouse on the campaign trail, has opted for more nutritious options, like grilled fish and often a soup and a salad. And the Vermont senator even switched up his look. Some allies have urged him to maybe tame his signature unkempt hair and to dress better. He's been seen sporting more stylish sweaters. Bernie! Oh, this is really great to hear. He's eating better, he's working out. Wouldn't it be dope if he worked out so much that he just got, like, super ripped? <laughs> huh? Just comes out, the only good 1% is my body fat. <laughs> and look, I know some people are concerned about Bernie's age, but personally, it does not bother me. Sure, Bernie's 78 years old, but he's also been 78 years old for the past 40 years, so... <laughs> he's a pro at this, he's really good. And also, I get why eating better is good for his heart, but what does wearing stylish sweaters have to do with it? <laughs> it almost sounds like his staff decided to trick him. They were like, yeah, so the doctor recommended more exercise and less looking like a science teacher who lives in his car? <laughs> I will say, though, this is another example. Yet another example of how the rules don't apply to Donald Trump because Bernie has to fix his heart with exercise and eating healthy. Meanwhile, Trump is balls deep in a KFC bucket like, I'm gonna live forever, bitches! <laughs> All right, but let's move on to some international news, where one of the most beautiful places on Earth is in deep trouble. There is a state of emergency in Venice tonight as the historic Italian city deals with its worst flooding in more than 50 years. Much of Venice was submerged because of an exceptionally high tide. One man seems swimming in historic St. Mark's Square. The mayor is blaming it all on climate change. Oh, man, this is terrible to see. One of Italy's most magical cities is completely underwater. 
It's also crazy to see how there's always one guy, <laughs> always one guy who's making the most of any disaster. <laughs> like, I bet after the Titanic sank, there was also one dude in the water like, Marco! <laughs> Marco, come on, guys! But look, one way or another, I know Venice is gonna bounce back from this flooding. I mean, first of all, Italy has fantastic plumbers. And also, <laughs> if anyone knows how to turn a disaster into a tourist attraction, it's Italians. They've got a tower that's falling over, <laughs> buildings that are crumbling, and a town that got swallowed by a volcano. Like, their tourism slogan should just be, yo, you gotta see the shit that happened to us, man. <laughs> all right, and finally, Christmas is just around the corner, which means it's time for Santa to cash in. Get ready to shell out big bucks to sit on Santa's lap this year. Herod's in London restricting Santa visits to only allow families that have dropped $2,500 in their store. On top of that, those families who also make the cut have to buy a $25 ticket to visit Santa. For those hoping to get the VIP Santa experience, good luck. The department says it's already sold out. Ho, ho, hold up. You gotta pay $2,500 before you can see Santa? If I'm paying $2,500, Santa better be dancing on my lap. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, that's right. Let me see you working, Nicholas. That's right. Yeah, I'm gonna call you by your government name. I paid, baby. And you know what? I hope this doesn't inspire a larger movement with other magical creatures, you know, where kids have to pay a premium to engage in fantasy. Because otherwise, the Tooth Fairy is gonna be checking your house's value on Zillow before she shows up. <laughs> She's like, sorry, I only work in homes that are a million and up. Bye-bye. <laughs> Also, why do kids even have to see Santa anymore? Like, why? Like, they should be sitting on Jeff Bezos' lap. He's the one with all the presents, kids. You go to him. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story. <laughs> Yesterday was a historic day in America. I finally tried kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But it was also a historic day because the House held its first public impeachment hearing where the ambassador to Ukraine and the inventor of Flubber both testified <laughs> about President Trump's quid pro quo with the president of Ukraine. And this testimony was a pretty big deal because for the first time, the American public heard from nonpartisan officials about how the president abused his powers for personal gain. And even though millions of people have been talking about these hearings, over on Fox News, their analysis of this impeachment is meh. There is no way <laughs> that <laughs> normal, ordinary people, I... middle America, are gonna watch a yeah. passel of lawyers going at it over the details of who said <laughs> what to who, some obscure no. official from a foreign country. This is about <laughs> a transcript of a phone call with a country no one cares about. You can't follow he said, she said, she said, he said, he said. I don't know what language quid pro quo is. It's Latin, okay. Is it Latin? It, so it's when... Latin to everybody. Uh, people don't understand that. No one can find Ukraine on the map. <laughs> if you ask the American people anything about Ukraine, they don't know a thing about it. Wow. So what, according to Fox News, Americans are too dumb to follow these impeachment proceedings? The word impeachment is very confusing. Maybe we should call it a presidential boo-boo. Would that help? <laughs> you know what's, what's funny is how when it was Hillary's scandal, Fox News was like, now, as we all know, Benghazi isn't just home to Libya's signature dish, Bazian. It's also a hotbed of support for Ansar al-Sharia, uh, especially around Tahir Square. This is a big thing in Libya. But then, when it's a Donald Trump scandal, all of a sudden, they're like, what's a Ukraine? <laughs> Ukraine, do Ukraine, do I crane? Fraser crane? The bird crane? <laughs> because look, even if people don't understand every aspect about the Ukraine scandal, 
that doesn't mean that they can't still grasp its importance. Like, I don't know what a second cousin once removed is. <laughs> what I do know is I'm not supposed to marry them. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sheila, I know it would make grandma happy, but it just can't happen. <laughs> and Fox News is coming up with all kinds of ways to convince people that even if you do have a PhD in Ukrainiology, these hearings still just aren't worth watching. In fact, sometimes if you watch Fox, like, it looks like they're straight up trying to hypnotize their viewers into not caring. This is nothing to do with national security. It's all just an illusion. The whole thing is a charade. First, know this. This is important. Everything you're gonna see in the next two weeks is rigged. This is a phony show trial. There is zero due process, none. We don't want to overinflate its importance, which is questionable. This is stupid. A week from now, you won't remember the details. Look deep into my eyes. <laughs> A week from now, you will remember none of the details. And when I snap my fingers, you'll wake up and think racism only happens to white people. <laughs> Three, two, one, snap. Like, what is that? You know, it's crazy that after the first day, the first day of the impeachment hearings, Fox has already written off the entire process, which clearly shows you they have no intention of being objective at all. They, they sound less like journalists and more like mean girls trying to sabotage someone's sweet 16. She's <laughs> like, I've heard nobody's going. It's gonna be like a stupid party and Ashley's dad is gonna be the DJ. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Donald Trump is gonna be found guilty or not, but you've got to at least watch the full proceedings before you make a determination. Otherwise, you don't have the full story, you know? Like, if you only watched the first half of Get Out, you just think it was a beautiful movie about an interracial <laughs> couple. Yeah, it'd be like, her family's kind of weird, but every family's kind of weird. <laughs> but if calling their viewers dumb or using mind control doesn't work, Fox has come up with another reason to ignore the impeachment hearings, and that is it's just not binge-worthy TV. There is not a single person outside the Washington, D.C. Beltway that gives a damn about what happened today. It's boring. It was a total snooze fest. It was kind of boring to watch on television. It was really just a huge dud. There wasn't anything sexy about it. There was not some big new piece of information that came out. With uh, Richard Nixon, there was a break-in. With um, uh, Bill Clinton, there was sex in yeah. the Oval Office. Yeah. With Trump, it's a phone call to Ukraine. There's no burglary, there's no break-in, there's no tapes, there's no dress, there's no sex. It's not a sexy scandal. Russia was sexy. This has no intrigue whatsoever. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're saying Trump's impeachment is boring and unsexy? You know, if Trump hears that, it's gonna piss him off, right? <laughs> He's gonna come out like, my impeachment will be the most exciting ever. I'll break into a hotel, and best believe I'll jizz all over this dress. Don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. I'll do it. Just make sure you wash it afterwards. I can't risk making another Eric. Don't want to take a chance. Here's the thing, people. These hearings are investigating whether the president of the United States committed high crimes or misdemeanors. So they're supposed to be serious. It's not about excitement. You know, impeachment is like a family reunion. If it's sexy, something has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> Sheila, please, don't make things weird at the barbecue. I'm begging you, please. Now, look, here at The Daily Show, we want to help Fox viewers get into the impeachment spirit because this is a really important time in America. 
So if they can't pay attention to the scandal unless it's sexy, well, then you know what? We'll make it sexy. Did somebody order some military aid? I was getting so desperate for your missile. I'm gonna need some dirt on Joe Biden first. Put that quid in my quo. Well, I'll put the quid in your quo. I'm gonna blow that whistle. Ooh, yeah, give me that dirt on Joe Biden. Yeah, dirt on Joe Biden. I'm gonna quit! Oh, yeah. You happy now? We'll be right back. is the chairman of the Los Angeles Clippers and founder of USA Facts, a not-for-profit, nonpartisan initiative that is considered the go-to website for government data. Please welcome former Microsoft CEO, Steve Ballmer. Welcome to The Daily Show. Thank you very much. How, how are things going in life? Are you, are you afraid? Are you stressed right now? Are you... I mean, because you are, according to Forbes, a man who is a billionaire worth $51.7 billion. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, I've heard, is coming for you. Are, are you afraid? How, how are you feeling about this whole thing? Is there a war on the billionaires, or how do you feel about it? I think there's a great discussion to be had about who should pay how much taxes. Uh, I personally would be fine with paying more. And yet the most... Hold on. Well, hold on. Hold on. He hasn't said how much. <laughs> yes, I think the, the most, most important thing, frankly, is that people just get the numbers. Look at what's going on today. Right. And then you can almost, like, assign a quota. You should pay this much tax. Uh -huh. You should pay that. But it's got to be based on what we want to do. What do we want to do with the money? How much? Who can pay? Right. What other expenses can we cut? Just, just get it right. And then the will of the people will decide what should happen. And I'll be okay with it. That's really interesting. Whatever you, it is. Yeah, because you've always been one of the people who said, you've said, hey, I don't agree with this idea that the government can make the money it needs just by cutting costs. But at the same time, government has to do a better job of using the taxes that it collects. And as a billionaire, I'm willing to pay more. So you're not afraid in life. You're not, like, stressed every day. You're not, like, waking up in the middle of the night like, Elizabeth! <laughs> I wake up stressed every day. <laughs> Are we gonna win tonight? Oh, is that okay? Let's talk but, about. But let's... I don't. I don't have any issues on like... the other front. That's good. I feel like. I feel like the Clippers now more than ever are not stressed. You have Kawhi Leonard on your team. You have an excitement in LA that I have never seen before. This, this is really a momentous occasion, and you're getting ready to build an arena for the LA Clippers, which, please correct me if I'm wrong here, apparently you're designing it so that, the, like, the players can hear the crowd more, like the roar goes into the court. We want it to be the most intense, hardcore, high-energy basketball junkies building in the world. <laughs> I, I like the idea. But I was thinking, I was worried, like, what if acoustically it works too well, and then, like, the players can just hear, like, someone just talking in, like, the stands, 
And the person's like, hey, honey, pass the ketchup. And the guy's like, pass? Wait, who said that? And then, like, I could throw up. You're also doing, you're also doing, like, augmented reality. But well, I don't understand what that means. You're saying, like, you're gonna put people in the game, but how? What does that mean? What are you gonna do? We have a set of technology today. You watch the game, and in real time, uh-huh. it'll give you probability that somebody will make a shot based upon where people are standing, wow. who it is, is it a good shot, what can you expect out of that? It'll diagram the plays that are going on real this time on the floor. Wow. We've got this live today. Because of rights were in, quote, alpha or beta test still. Right, right, right. But the stuff exists today. You know, there's limited stuff that does this today. There really is no first down marker in football on the field. It gets painted in by a computer. It's that concept on steroids. Oh, I I thought someone just ran out and did it every... (laughs) Teaching us things, yes, Steve. (laughs) Teaching us things. Um, Let's talk about the big reason you're here today. Let's talk about USA Facts. It feels like we live in a world today where facts are no longer a thing. It feels like more and more people want to live in silos where they believe what they believe and a fact is something that can be determined by the person who is absorbing the information. You've created a website that is geared towards facts. What is USA Facts? USAFacts.org is a website. I got into this four or five years ago and I just wanted to understand who pays how much taxes, what does the money get spent on? Mm-hmm. And what are the outcomes we get for all of that? Right. And it was impossible to find. So I started just splunking around, uh, trying to understand. My wife had made a comment about where our taxes go or don't go. Couldn't do it. Got into it and said, hey, I should share this with other people. It's very interesting to understand. And by the numbers. By the numbers. Right, right, right. You know, part of the problem with words is they're partisan. Numbers don't know how to be partisan, if you uh-huh, will. Uh-huh. And uh, we've been pursuing it, you know, ever since. We've published annual report by the numbers of government in the United States now right. for three years. It's interesting because it's, it's, it's a nonpartisan effort that you've put together where you've gone... This data comes from the government. It's compiled from different government departments and it's factual information, but nobody knows how to compile it until now. Like, you've gone and said, hey, if you want to know how much is being spent on schools in this district, you can find out. If you want to know how much is being spent on immigration or what, is, what your money's being used for, what the government's wasting on, spending on, et cetera, you can use this website. What have you learned, though, from the website? Is there anything that has changed your mind about how America works? Yeah, there's a number of things that have really prompted me. If you had said to me uh, five years ago, who really pays how much taxes in the U.S.? I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Right. I wouldn't have been able to tell you there are people who pay more in taxes right now than they earn in income. That's wow. true. Wow. And then they get benefited also by transfers that come from the government. Right, right, right. And you can decide whether you think, you know, whether that's a great situation or not. Right. We let our, our users decide what so they decide on the policy. Facts. Right. We'll give you the facts and you can decide what's good or bad. I'll give you another one. Only 33% of third graders, of uh, eighth graders, sorry, in this country are proficient in math. 33%? 33. 33%. But it's up. Oh. It's up over the last several years. Well, Yay. somebody can look at it and okay. say, progress is good. Right, right, somebody, right. But that's a judgment. But education spending at the same time? Right. Inflation adjusted? More than doubled. That's actually interesting. So... You've basically created this site because you wanted to break through the whole partisan breaking down of what news is and just go, here's a fact. A person at home can decide what that fact means. 
Some of the more interesting uh, polls that you've conducted, though, on USA Facts have, 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 have illuminated a few things. So, for instance, um, you've conducted some... We, we have a few of these slides here that, that we can pull up now, like um, some of the data facts. If you can pull them up there, Paul. Like, for instance, how much do you trust information from the president? Republicans, 40%, right? Democrats, 5%. <laughs> and then if you see, like, the not at all is, like, a big flip. Republicans are like, no, no, only 15% say not at all, but 61% of Dems... But, but, I mean, that's a big... You, if you look at the next slide, for instance, we have another one that's really interesting. How much do you trust each source? Republicans don't trust public TV or radio, and they don't trust national TV news. And in the next slide, this one is even, even a little bit more disconcerting. What makes a fact likely to be true? If it's verified by scientists, Republicans are like, no, only 40%. Democrats say 72%. <laughs> Verified by academics, 30% to 57%. So, so this is just information that you're compiling for people. You don't even give anybody an opinion on this. We do not. We explicitly don't give opinions. Now, this was a poll we ran. As you pointed out, right. everything else we do is government data, but we need to know what we're doing. Right. Just take even the thing about academics and scientists, because you can react one way or another. Right. The truth of the matter is, a lot of what you see out of economists is forecasts. And right. on every right. forecast, you'll see one on the right, and one on the left, and they'll say different things. I don't know what you would think. At Microsoft, I didn't believe the forecast. Uh -huh. I only believe what had actually happened. So all of these things have contact, and that's why we have to share what actually happened. There's a quote I'd like to give you from Madison. Uh -huh. Something effect of a popular government without popular information or the ability to go get it is a prologue to a, a farce or even worse, a tragedy. Huh. And so that's I what mean, the, that's well, sort of the facts sort of start there with Madison. So if I were to say to you, Steve Ballmer, as somebody who's been part of this USA Facts, what do you hope Americans would achieve by going to this website? What do you just want people to get from the website? Because it is free, it is nonpartisan, it is, it's just facts that are compiled, but what are you hoping it will achieve? I hope we can get to a point with not as much polarization, civilized dialogue. People can disagree about what to do, but at least at least be in the same place. We, we have a little fun thing coming out here soon for Thanksgiving. You're going to sit around a table with relatives, and uh -huh. people are going to disagree. Right. And they're going to want to scream and yell at each other. <laughs> so we have a Thanksgiving fact sheet from USA Facts. Pull it out on your phone, oh, and you wow. can say, I'll get you the real data on that topic. Oh, Boom. wow. Special oh, for wow. Thanksgiving well, holiday. Thanksgiving will never be the same. Thank you so much for being on the show. You can check out all the data at usafacts.org. Steve Ball, everybody. We'll be right back. Thank you so much. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My next guest is a comedian and actor. You know him from Kirby Enthusiasm and the Goldbergs. His new Netflix comedy special is called Jeff Garland, Our Man in Chicago. Please welcome Jeff Garland. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome but, to The Daily Show. Thank you. By the way, I do anything Steve Ballmer says. Oh. No, I do. I'm a Clippers season ticket holder, and uh, he's uh, become... He's just... He's a legend. So That's you... It. Wait, wait. So you, you go to the Clippers games? I go to the Clippers games, and I love the team. Oh, has it... Has it how long have you been a fan? Uh, two years. So... 
No, no that counts. That counts. I live in Los Angeles. Everything I love is from. I'm a Cubs fan, Bears fan. The Bulls have become quite the embarrassment, and the, the Clippers were this team of these grinders, of these guys. Yeah. And I fell in love with them. And then they signed two superstars after I bought season tickets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's really fun. I mean, look, I'm a longtime Cubs fan. I know, I know about sticking with the team. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. No one can, no one can say you, you, you're flimsy in your support of a team. No, no, I'm not. What's, what's the camera? What it's, is it? It's, uh, I take pictures. As a matter of fact, I, uh, hold on, hold on. Oh yeah, now oh, that's a beautiful shot. But. All right. Here's yeah, but, the thing, though. This I have a show going up at the Leica uh, Gallery in L.A. in January, and one of these pictures might be in it. Wait. So, you, so yeah. what? Like a like a professional photographer? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have. Like I have shots of John right? here. I always brought my camera. I have so actually this is just what, Letterman. Like... Every talk show I go on, I bring it with me. Even Hoda and Kathy Lee. <laughs> I have. But like we have, all these we shots. have. We have cameras. Like we. Can... Yeah, but it gets me. I don't want to see me. I want to see you. And by the way, who else gets this perspective? <laughs> and by the way, and by the way. You are incredibly photogenic and handsome. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. This is, I mean, That's this right. is, wow. Yeah. This, yeah. Let, let, me, let me ask you this. this you is can ask me anything that, you want. That's exactly what I was going to ask I, you about, okay. is anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, Jeff's one of the only people who's come to the show where, like, at most shows, what you do is you'll, you'll like, talk to the person before they come on and just be like, what are we going to chat? Jeff was like, I don't want to talk to you before. I don't want to know what she's going to talk. Yeah, like, is this, is this who you've been, or is it because on Kirby Enthusiasm, everything is improvised? No, it's, it's who I am. I actually, over the years, I've been doing talk shows for a lot of years. Um, the only one that I didn't do a pre-interview was when John was here. Right. And so I love that we didn't do a pre-interview. And when you said, we're going to do this, I go, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I like being in the moment and like reacting when I don't want to think what about if, it ahead of time. Oh, so you, you don't care about what happens? I don't care. All right. I'm, well, I'm glad. I'm no, no, no. Well, Hold on. I'm glad. I'm glad. No, no, no. I'm glad. I'm glad you I say that. I'm full of joy. I'm and glad I'm, you say I'm that. I'm honored and thrilled to be here. Let's use that. I, I am so glad you say okay. that because okay. we have someone who claims to have your son. If you can come up. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let me, let me ask you this. Yes. Like, when you're making a show like Curb Your Enthusiasm, and yes. I know there's another season coming up, no yes. spoilers or anything, but when, January. You're, when you're making a show like that where yes. it's all improvised, yeah. are you ever worried before a scene that it's not going to be magic? Because we all love that show. Every scene is magic. Oh are you my ever God. worried? No. I, uh, never. Uh, you know, my stand-up is improvised. I go up into an hour that's completely improvised. Wait, your stand-up is improvised? Every time I go up, except for this... Well, here, okay. So first off... <laughs> first off, never. It's what I do. It's what we do. Larry David and I laugh all day long, right. both on and off camera. And it is so... And Larry David wrote the scenario, so I trust that it's going to work. And it does, and it's fun. Sometimes he'll call me on the way home and go, here's what we could have done. And then we might do that letter. We've reshot things. Okay, but okay, in okay, general, okay, right. In general, it works. It just works. So tell me about the special then, because you've got a Netflix special. Yes. And then, like, everyone knows that that's what you've done for, like, 20-odd years in stand-up. It's no, just, like, 37 years. 37 years you've been improvising? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I started when I was 20. 
I'm 57. I don't want people doing math. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. Netflix says, okay, we want you to do a special. Right. I've kind of had that in my pocket for like three years. So I worked hard developing a show that was special. Because when I was a kid, uh, comedy specials were special. Now yes. I'll have an opening act. Six months later, I'll go, hey, how you doing? Oh, I just told my <laughs> and I'll think to myself, oh, that's not going to be good. Um, uh, but even though they're funny, they're just not ready. Right. So I worked hard to have a special that's not a what's so special about my special. I filmed... Wait, wait, wait. Go back. Say that again. <laughs> I worked to have a special... I, I worked hard to have a special yes. that wouldn't be a what's so special okay, about okay, my okay. special. Okay, okay, okay. Got it, got it, got it. Which, when you it, watch it. specials... Yes. yes, sometimes you ask that. You go, yeah. like, why is this special? Why, okay, why, why, why? I mean, I get depressed when I watch most comedy specials. Wow. I do. You're you funny. To, you need to talk Other to someone, was, Jeff. Watch John. There's lo- no, I, I don't need to. I, 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 I <laughs> but think... if you're getting depressed when watching a stand-up, you need yeah. to talk to somebody. <laughs> I have therapy, but that doesn't come up. I've got other things I'm sad about. (laughs) Anyhow, I filmed the first... I did two shows in one night. First show, I did the beginning, the middle, and the end that I worked on. Uh So, second show, I went up and let it rip, and that's the special that airs. Like, I I improvise a lot. That is amazing. I improvise a ton because it's too arrogant to say to Netflix, yeah, give me your money, I'll make it up, it'll work. And by the way, it might, but it might not. And that's that's just not... A risk in that situation. So, so what if you have a joke that crushes on a night? Yeah. You, you just let that joke go? Quite often, yes. <laughs> I do. It was nice in the moment. But don't, don't you think that's like a, a waste of jokes? I mean, like, we live in an environment like there's climate, no, there's climate change, like turtles are being, like, strangled, <laughs> and you're throwing away jokes here. This is wastage. I, here's you should why. be recycling the jokes here, You know Jeff. why I throw away jokes? Why? Because I always think of new ones. That's what makes you special. Jeff Garland, our man in Chicago, is currently streaming on Netflix. Jeff Garland, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.